anime death spiral yet again the only anime podcast that can withstand pressures up to a depth of 30 meters oh that's deep it's pretty deep and we are gonna get deep aren't we nate oh we're gonna get so deep in there today because you know what (laughs) guess what guess what 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 tell me i watched a good anime you're lying no i swear to god i there there was actually a good anime released and i watched it i had the pleasure of watching an actually good animated television show i am really excited i'm gonna need details because at this (laughs) point like i don't believe you i think that you're you're making this up to uh to gain my trust uh, probably probably hurt me in some way after i'm trying to build you up so i can put you down yeah yeah also i mean i just know that there are no good anime they don't exist you know i'm thinking about it and i'm like when was the last time i watched like a good anime and it's so hard like a good ass anime can you even think of one like a really good anime i mean i know like my brain is cooked it's toast uh <laughs> but i still you should be able to like recall a good one right well i mean part of the part of the issue for me is that like anime is categorically bad so any ones that i like are are not anime (laughs) (laughs) i don't count those ones yeah i don't count those ones because they affirm my (laughs) values okay well check this out naoki urasawa's pluto adaptation for netflix dropped i guess like a week ago i wasn't actually sure of the the release date i just saw people posting about it and was like oh shit i need to run not walk to my television and put this shit on And I was, like, praying as it loaded up, please, Uh Netflix, don't fuck this up. Because, as we know, they keep fucking shit up. It's kind of their M.O. at this point. Uh, It may be integrated into their business model. We don't know. Well, I have read multiple things where they were talking about how Netflix proposes uh, essentially a formula for script writing to their showrunners, which is bad. That is not... That's not good. Yeah, no, that doesn't seem like it's conducted of creativity or quality. But Pluto, the Astro Boy, loose Astro Boy adaptation by Naoki Urasawa. He's the guy who did 20th Century Boys, right? Yeah. This put together by Studio M2, which neither of us really knew anything about. I was kind of surprised. We looked up some of their other work and it's it's not stuff that's, you know, made its way to our attention yet. At least not me. I mean, I will go check it out because uh, the animation was very nice. I think the only thing that I that I recognize from that list was that they worked on the Grand Blue Flantasy anime. Flantasy? Flantasy. Uh, Flandersy. The Flantasy? The Flantasy? You're Grand, getting ahead of yourself with the Grand flan. Blue Fantasy is an easy combination of words to say, and it's an anime based <laughs> off of a, a, a mobile gotcha game about about collecting cute girls. I'm only familiar with the the fighting game. Grand Blue Fantasy versus. Wait, are, wait, are you thinking of Blaze Blue? Blazbla? Blazbla? No, Grambla. Grambla. Grambla Fantasy versus. Grambla. I didn't know that it was a I didn't know they had a fighting game. See, I I know so little about this. Yeah, see the thing was I every once in a while I get tempted to like go back into fighting games even though Skullgirls really was the only one that I really clicked with. <laughs> but, you know, that um Guilty Gear game, Guilty Gear Strive looked so good who know i'd never played it i don't know how it plays but it looked so good that i was almost tempted i remember seeing that and and being surprised that those scenes and images were 3d game generated environments because it looks like you know it looks like playing an anime at this point it looks really good right 
Yeah. That was what I was saying. It was like, this looks like what all those like 3D anime uh, are trying to look like. Yeah. This yes. is like what yes, they exactly. actually should look like. Uh, and they're doing it in this crazy fighting game, which must be like a million times harder. Well, no, I don't. I shouldn't. Uh, qualifications on it. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. I mean, no, uh, I, th- I think logically the way I see it is they're able to make all of those kind of extended animations uh, look really good because comparatively to trying to make an entire like season of 22 minute episodes, they just have to focus on, you know, what 30 second blobs that only activate when you do special moves. Right. Yes. I mean, yes, I'm not saying the actual sh- gameplay doesn't look as good, but I think that's less complicated than what we're talking about here. There's definitely. I mean, there are complications though, right? Because you have to like tween between like generative movements, mm-hmm. right? You don't know what what the character is going to do like second to second, which is a very complicated problem. But also, I don't know if you know this, but Guilty Gear Strive has like an insanely like historied and complicated lore to it which includes long animated portions. So there are like straight up episodes of this like Guilty Gear Strive anime just like baked into the game. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of been a a feature of the series for a long time though. Yeah, I know it's gotten so insane that I honestly almost bought the game just to be like, what the fuck is that? What could that possibly be after, I don't know, 20 years of Guilty Gear games? I mean, they're they're on Guilty Gear uh, XX. I remember playing Guilty Gear on a PS1, so it's got to be like 20 years. I, I was never, I mean, I, I didn't have a PlayStation, so I didn't uh, really get into the fighting game scene outside of Smash Bros until like I was, I played a little bit of Blaze Blue in college, which I think Blaze Blue is made by the same people, right? Blaze Blue. Blaze Blue. Uh, yeah, I, uh, they share some kind of DNA yeah. of ridiculous fighting game pedigrees. You know, I is I played Street Fighter 2. That was the Super Nintendo game that basically like mainlined directly into my veins for for probably a good year and a half. Dope. Um, good but choice, I never really choice. played. I mean, it is kind of the best one. Um, it's really good, obviously. But uh, we, I mostly played the jokey ones. Mm-hmm. I mean, no offense to anybody who's like into like the the Gundam PS1 fighting games, but like a lot of them were fun because they kind of sucked and were goofy. Yeah, Gundam um, Battle Assault Two is exactly what you're talking about, and yeah, it would <laughs> it is the best fighting game, like hands down. It's wild. It's a wild game, but also stuff like you know I would always play Marvel vs. Capcom uh, one and two when I was at arcades and stuff because those are just fun to ma- they're good mash em up games uh you don't have to be good at marvel versus capcom 2 to have fun with it you know what i mean the good old mashing them up game it's fun to just make those characters punch each other you know yeah here here's um tron bon and she's just kicking the shit out of wolverine <laughs> that's awesome. i mean marvel versus capcom 2 is like uh that's special i think that was like such a weird uh, convergence of of like the Marvel characters, like the Western famous characters, and the Street Fighter like kind of kind of cast. It's just <laughs> yeah. it's so it, it couldn't exist like today without already having been a, like a franchise, right? 
These damn Gen Z kids are never going to experience something like Marvel vs. Capcom. Well, no, they're, uh, the Gen Z version of Marvel vs. <laughs> Capcom is Fortnite. I, I, yeah, yeah, I mean, it is, right? Yeah. And that's way, that goes way beyond anything Marvel vs. Capcom 2 could have even conceived of. Yeah. Like, th- where else can you have Darth Vader fighting Goku? Yeah. Yeah. Or, I don't know, Ariana Grande fighting the cast of Jujutsu Kaisen to the death with machine guns. <laughs> That's fucking Wait, crazy. Wait, did they do a collab with with Jujutsu Kaisen? Yeah, yeah. I remember we talked a, a while back okay. about wow. uh, some of the Fortnite anime characters, but they've got obviously the DBZs. Mm-hmm. They've got uh, Jujutsu Kaisen, not the whole cast, obviously, but like Itadori and Gojo is in there. Did they do Bleach? I don't think so. Naruto is in there. I mean, um, yeah. Boku no Hero Academia's in there. Attack on Titans in there. Jujutsu Kaisen. Fuck. I mean, that's a lot right off the bat there. Oh man, they should. Uh, they should do Anya. They should do a Spy Family. Uh, <laughs> spy Family I, X uh, Fortnite. I don't. I do not want it. I do not want to see fucking videos of people headshotting Anya. Okay, I don't want to <laughs> see that shit. <laughs> I will lose my shit if you do that. <laughs> I don't I don't want to see the TikToks of people fucking dancing on Anya's dead body, okay? I'm really not I'm not in an emotionally stable place to deal with that shit. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, okay, okay. Uh, anyway, um I watched the first episode of Pluto. It's like an hour and 10 minutes long, which caught me totally off guard. Okay. That's like a that's like a little mini movie. Oh yeah. And I didn't even notice. I was totally locked in. This is of course a sort of uh uh it's almost kind of cyberpunky because it is about a period of human advancement where robots are essentially becoming humans in that blade runnery way, uh-huh. but they haven't quite established themselves as like sentient uh, entities. So in in like an animatrix kind of way. Sort of. Yeah. Um, there's a you know there's a big subplot. One of the things that kicks off the stories is uh, a prominent uh, android rights activist is murdered. Um, so we're kind of in that period where people are fighting for these rights of these these robots as they become essentially humans. There's almost like no difference. Being cyberpunk is calling a robot woke. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, even these androids are woke now. <laughs> Wanting rights like they're humans or something. I cannot believe you built a, a libcuck robot. <laughs> uh, I demand robot rights now. <laughs> now, how do you prove that they're human? Well, look at that one. It's obviously soycuck. <laughs> but it was uh, better than I ever could have hoped for. The reason I thought... I was surprised that it was Studio M2 because I I really thought it was like straight up a a production IG level, like movie level quality. Mm-hmm. It looks amazing. It looks really amazing. And I've you know I I can't say enough good things about Naoki Urasawa's writing. I think the dude is a, a genius. 
he writes like actually good interesting stuff which again i don't want to now you uh, see what you're talking about is art not anime yeah i know right yeah i don't want to beat that dead horse but like it's like an actually good thing uh which is (laughs) caught me totally um, off guard is just the first episode out i believe because it's netflix they have dumped the entire thing okay well i'm just i'm wondering because i know that a lot of series tend to to front load the animation budget on the first you know episode or first few episodes of the series <laughs> well don't jinx it okay <laughs> don't jinx it for i'm me. not i'm not trying to put the negative energy on there i'm sure that the whole <laughs> thing looks beautiful but you know it's like if the whole series is as good as what you're describing like that's a that's an achievement it is I wouldn't be surprised at this point. I think they they were really making a big push. I also think it's not a f- it's not what we would consider like a full season of an anime. I think there's only well, I should probably just look it up instead of spouting bullshit. But I think there's only eight episodes. Facts have no place here. <laughs> Uh, every once in a while, there's a time when I actually want to be correct about something. It doesn't happen very often, obviously. No, no, I want to. I want to set the record clear. We uh, we have agendas that we're pushing. We that makes us explicitly propaganda uh, and also not art. Yeah, there's nothing. There is no artistic value to this podcast. We are purely evil propaganda meant to influence your mind uh, to our nefarious. Uh, wills yeah Uh, we will sublimate you and use you for our purposes (laughs) and the thing i am commanding you to do is to yes go watch all eight episodes of pluto on netflix there's probably not a better anime uh, currently available for legal streaming online i that's that's a pretty intense claim uh but uh uh it's probably true (laughs) <laughs> that's a pretty that's a pretty high endorsement i know right i'm really i'm just really blown away that there's like and i do you remember i talked about gene of ai a little bit as a, a sort of yeah yeah you did tell me yeah a blackjack for androids mm-hmm. and i get a lot of uh you know this is of course based on astro boy which is all about you know humans uh and robots and you know what is the actual difference that old that old canard of course yeah, but Gene of AI is a much uh, gentler take on it. It doesn't start immediately with a bunch of murders, but they're treading in the same waters, and I, I both really think they're like asking the right questions about this stuff. And I kind of hope people don't run with this into the whole AI discussion because, man, people are really losing their minds about what they think AI is, and uh, I'm just hearing insanely stupid shit like left and right about what ai is supposed to be yeah, ai is when Haley joel osman gets a human boy face instead of the little robot face remember jude law i don't know he was in gattaca <laughs> gattaca i remember gattaca. that word i remember gattaca gattaca baby hey that's actually that's how i remember like dna sequences it's because of that movie so hey sometimes movies do uh influence your your thought process in a positive way because now i know what dna sequences are thank you jude law (laughs) all right shit okay did you uh did you happen to be lucky enough to watch anything good or were you just wallowing in trash like you usually do i wallowed in some trash (laughs) Uh, you know, okay, I'm mostly yeah, just I been so. I'm mostly just been keeping up with Jujutsu Kaisen, Spy Family, the the big yeah, ones yeah, that okay. are airing right now. I do have some some 
real trash I want to talk about later, but that's going to be in our in our themed segment. Sure. Yeah, uh, I've been watching Jujuku and and the Spy Fam, of course. Mm-hmm. Spy by Family. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they're pretty good. I feel like I wish we could get through some of the Spy Family stuff a little bit faster. I know I said before about like Spy Family kind of spinning its wheels narratively a little bit, and I think we're kind of like caught there. Even though I still like it, you I know, like I'm I'm, st- to, I'm uh, seeing that popping up. We're doing a lot more kind of like. Uh, insular gag bits where it just kind of focuses on one little kind of joke segment that's what that's kind of where we're at in the anime right now i think you were theorizing before uh that the movie was going to be about the upcoming like boat arc which on the boat yeah <laughs> sorry sorry berserk fans <laughs> i don't want to yeah not to traumatize yeah. berserk fans but we we were getting to the boat <laughs> But it turns out that's going to be included in this season's episode list, and the movie is going to be a, kind of a winter uh, Christmas-themed kind of story. I don't know if that's from the manga or or if that's original. Chris, 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 Christmas cake. <laughs> Chris, Chris, Christmas cake. I didn't. I didn't come up with it. <laughs> uh, You're the one obsessing about it. I'm just saying. I think it's. I think it's funny. It's not. It's not a big deal. It, it, Jujutsu is actually like legitimately the polar opposite right now, where like every episode I feel like very deep fear and tension as we approach the moment. Oh man! <laughs> and I'm like really, I'm like really, like every episode I'm scared. I'm like, oh god, is it gonna be this one? Uh, but not yet, not yet. We're still kind of we're just inching forward. I remember saying. Uh, I think the last time we sat down to watch, we had six episodes of a flashback, right? Yeah. And everything since the flashback has taken place over like six hours. Right. Uh, which is crazy. I mean, it's a very, uh, chronologically, we have in, uh, we've reached a very dense place. A lot of stuff is going on. It's kind of, I, I think when you do like multiple perspectives like this and you have to switch around between scenes, it kind of, yeah, it obs- obscures like what's happening when right you know we don't know what's happening consecutively yeah and so yeah it it just ends up being a very dense six hours uh in in the story yeah it to its credit this is something uh, like obviously so many anime do and it's such the dbz thing where we we really are just jumping from uh, fight to fight like here's an interesting fight oh and what about this fight we're checking in on this fight they're using their special moves this episode uh but in in jujitsu it works it's still tense and interesting in jujitsu kaisa like it's really a testament to how uh invested i still am in these characters who you know i've read i've read the manga up to date i'm i am on last week's chapter uh, but watch rewatching these very, very old plot points at this point, like literally like four years ago, something like that, uh, something insane. I'm still very invested in like the second to section action. So like bravo, bravo, Jujuku, it's still really good. I think that's that's in big part to MAPPA's animation, I think, for the anime. They're doing a really good job so far, I would say. It looks great. They they've had yeah. a couple they've had a couple slip ups, I'm not gonna lie, but they've been few and far between. It's mostly been just real top grades sh- sugar sweet stuff. It looks it looks dope as hell. But like okay, so I'm like a little bit ahead of in the manga where we are in the anime right now. 
Um, oh no! I'm bouncing. Oh, no. I'm bouncing around uh, behind a lot of stuff, and I've, <laughs> I've kind of fallen behind on reading it. But yeah, yeah. One thing that I really don't like. This is like my major criticism for Jujutsu. Is <gasps> I Uh-oh. I know I really hate it when they start talking about stuff in like video game terms. You mean like the mechanics of their stupid magic bullshit? Not just like the mechanics, but literally calling things like. Uh, like that guy's power, you know, where he can, his power is to literally see the critical hit area, like on enemies. Yes, yes. It was supposed to be more the golden ratio, right? Yeah. Uh, but they kind of translated it over as critical hit. I'm not sure. Maybe it's a translation issue because it comes, you know, they use a lot of terms like, you know, uh, you know, energy, critical hit. You know, what else? My special move. You know, my final attack. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, they talk a lot about, like, uh, elemental weaknesses and, like, mechanical, <laughs> like, countering of of different powers. Like, that comes yeah. up a lot. And I just see it inching closer and closer to what you described as, as like, boring JoJo, basically. Yeah, the systematization of, of you know, action, right? Mm-hmm which is like so lame, but don't pretend like you're not wandering around talking about your HP and psychic damage. <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah. It just, it, it throws, it, it lampshades it all a little bit too much. I will say, yes, th- there is, you know, that there's a character right now who has, uh, an extraordinarily convoluted power, let's say, and it eats up a truly, egregious amount of time just talking about what the power does yeah and that is one of the most boring things in manga and anime right when we have to stop and explain some stupid thing because like the author got way too excited about this idea that they had well okay so this just just came up in the most recent episode is the guy whose power is like being able to see and plan out uh his moves in animation frames yes that's what i'm talking about you're the yeah 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 uh i still don't quite get it but essentially he can he can set out the next set of his movements in a 124th ratio 124th of a second ratio animation frame and like trap and manipulate people into key giant keyframe <laughs> cell shots yes and if you thought that was like convoluted in the anime it's uh even weirder to read it on the page in the manga like does not it just does not do anything uh for me i guess maybe some people like that i think that's like completely boring and rote and a waste of my time yeah well just uh, i don't know then why is it so interesting when jojo does it though because Every time somebody says something about their powers in JoJo, it's the most insane thing you've ever heard in your entire life. <laughs> There's no logical consistency, and that's what makes it exciting. Yeah, and also, like, it doesn't... Nothing really matters. Like, it doesn't even make sense within the universe or, like, within the context of the story. Or, like, even for... uh, Even, even to Araki... I think he doesn't even care that it makes sense, which is the which is the special sauce, I think, is that he does not give a fuck. I mean, it's all he he's just all in on on writing his stories to be a means to whatever end is in his mind at the moment. Right. It doesn't have to make sense as long as it gets you to where the story needs to be. Yeah. I, I, the, I mean, like the first time you see 
President Valentine use his power or um, the the final boss in Golden Wind or whatever. Like, it's like, it doesn't matter at all what's actually happening. It's just that some shit is going down and it's uh, unbelievably insane. <laughs> Man, I love JoJo. It's so good. It's so good. Actually, that reminds me, I've got to catch up on the manga. I'm so excited. This Hawaii thing is just like going off. It's so cool. Hey, speaking of manga, let's uh, knock some of these uh, off your list. Sure. Now, do you want uh, you want me to pick again, or do you have something you want to talk about? No, go ahead. All right. What are you interested in? I want to know, what is Mama Yu Yu? Okay, this is kind of a weird one. This hasn't been running for a little while. I've been keeping up on it. Uh, I think we're, we're maybe only just now breaking double-digit chapter numbers. Okay, so still, still in the early phases. Yeah. So Mama Yu Yu is sort of another entry in the like hero demon lord thing. Mm-hmm. Basically, this whole like entire movement about uh, riffing on old Dragon Quest shit. Which have I ever talked about that? That Dragon Quest is like the basis for like all this crazy shit. Anyway, yeah, I uh, mean, well, I think uh, people, a lot of people assume like Final Fantasy because that's the franchise that was more popular uh, in in the west but it's definitely yeah. like specifically dragon quest yeah i think we've talked maybe a little bit about how they're the two flavors of fantasy right there is the kind of uh what we would consider like western fantasy the sort of you know uh tolkien mm-hmm. D stuff which is like um record of lotus war right that kind of thing yeah and then there is like uh, what is popular now fantasy in anime and manga which is just riffs on on dragon quest which is like a very specific thing so this is one of those this is another entry i mean i think it's because in japan dragon quest is just like the default fantasy rpg oh yeah yeah it's it's remained consistent in its theming this entire time whereas final fantasy has gone off in many different directions for good or ill can i can i uh, don't don't snitch on me um but i'm just gonna say uh I don't like those games. <laughs> They're bad. Dragon Quest or Final Fantasy? <laughs> Dragon Quest. Dragon <laughs> Quest games are like bad and boring. I do not understand. I really don't like I've it. I've never played one. I tried one. to play that last one. I played a lot of Dragon Quest uh, 11, I think, was the last one. All right. And okay. All right. Can I make a confession man, to sucked. you in return then? Yeah, go ahead. I've never played a Dragon Quest because <laughs> I don't particularly like Akira Toriyama's art. Holy shit. Wow. <laughs> that is... Man. That is not something we should be <laughs> releasing to the public. That that opinion is dangerous. <laughs> that is not good. I'm not saying that it's th- bad. It's just it doesn't gel with, <laughs> with me personally. Oh, boy. That threatens the entire integrity of our show. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna pretend you didn't say that. And move on. So, okay. Mama Yu Yu, <laughs> Mama Yu Yu is an entry in this genre, and like all entries now, there is a, a, a subversion of the tropes, right? So, the big subversion in Mama Yu Yu is that uh, the demon lord hero wars are sort of in the rear view mirror and have been for a while. And the most recent Demon Lord hero pairing are um, uh, a sort of younger woman who has adopted 
the hero as her child and they're kind of growing up as a a, a, a single mom uh, single child family wait how old is the hero is the hero actually a child or did she adopt a fully grown man no the hero was a, a baby when she adopted him okay uh, as it's implied oh phew and all right oh he, phew. He, he he's he's grown up i think he's you know he's supposed to be like anime character age now which is you know anywhere between like 13 and 26 <laughs> <laughs> no. probably pr- probably 16 you know yeah okay so you know legally a minor legally a minor and they grew up in this time of peace uh and even though they are still those archetypes they do not really have uh those roles to play in society anymore society is sort of kind of advanced to modern times so the hero is just like a kid and he has to deal with being sort of a minor celebrity right because mm-hmm. he's, he's got harry potter syndrome yeah he's got the little hero mark on his hand and his mama his mama yuyu uh has the little demon lord mark on her hand and uh she just tries to like move past that because that's she's not you know she's not about that life right that war is over they're living in peace times she's trying to take care of her son who she loves even though that you know nature is supposed to create this like dichotomy where they're supposed to kill each other right mm-hmm. so it's that's fun and that's it's like touching and sweet okay now now talk about the the incest aspect of it <laughs> hey hey buddy okay there's no incest in this one. This is incest. Okay, well, I no I incest. don't believe you when you say that. The, this premise this premise doesn't lend itself to not having any. Hold on, hold on. I thought about it for a second, and let me <laughs> let me rephrase. <laughs> yeah, you that. got you got to walk back some words. Okay, well, let me give you the actual premise, right? So oh, okay. our hero. All right, this is the amended premise. Our hero is uh, just a normal kid, right? And he's starting to get to the point in his life where he's questioning, like, what the hero thing is supposed to be about. And he's feeling kind of inadequate. Like, I'm just a normal kid, but I'm supposed to be a hero. You know, that kind of feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, but what, like, but he doesn't really have a heroic role to play in a modern world. And he becomes very uncomfortable with that because puberty or whatever. Until one day, a hero from an alternate dimension enters his world and decides essentially to kill his mom because she's the demon lord. And in his world, they're still fighting, right? <laughs> Dope. And he saves his mom, but, like, it's it's not great. She loses an arm. It's bad. A lot of bad stuff happens. Uh, but he does manage to get rid of this guy. And kind of realizes that he's, like, the weakest hero ever, you know? So he's got to beef up, like us. Yeah. So he becomes, yeah, he becomes, like, kind of obsessed with this idea of power. And... He's eventually, you know, he follows that path and he finds a mentor. And in that process, another hero appears. Uh, and these heroes are all, you know. Are, are they all coming from other dimensions? Yes, this is from yet another dimension. And okay. actually, this one appears with uh, another demon lord. And they're both from different dimensions. Everybody's from a different dimension. So not only is it like generic fantasy, but it's multiversal generic fantasy. Yes. And the hero that he finds, the the second hero is amenable to him. Uh, and she's like a hot chick. Of course. <laughs> Perfect. And he's he finds himself having very strange uh, feelings <laughs> about this. <laughs> this, is, this person is an alternate dimension version of him. Uh-huh. But he's like, he's kind of He's kind of into it. Okay, well, that's different. That's 
I mean, oh really? It, really? It, it's not incest if it's a if it's a alternate version, uh, different gender version of yourself. Oh yeah, it <laughs> is, huh? Interesting. <laughs> Can you explain that further? <laughs> so, you're saying if you're fucking yourself, it's not incest. Yeah, it, like if you have sex with your clone. If you have sex with your clone, that's not incest. You truly believe this? <laughs> <laughs> you think that's true? Let me let me get this straight. You think that's true? Well, yeah, because you can just kill them afterwards. <laughs> it's not murder because they're your clone. It's suicide. Oh, right. That's what that movie's about. The the protege. <laughs> oh, the prestige. Excuse yeah. me. I fucking got it wrong. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes, yeah. so that's what the prestige is about. I I don't remember too much about it, but I do think Hugh Jackman fucked the clones before he killed them. Right. I think so. Yeah. Well, I mean, he at least gave him a handy. Yeah, he's. it's been years since I watched that movie. <laughs> it seems like something Christopher Nolan would put in his movies. Yeah, yeah. So um, I think Mama Yu Yu is really cute. I kind of wish we had... This is one of those things. You remember I was talking about Ragna Crimson in this way, but like I, I kind of wish we had spent more time developing the the relationship between him and his mom because I thought they were really cute and sweet together. And I like that aspect of it right people Mm -hmm. who are uh against their will cast in roles that are supposed to be society dictates they're supposed to be uh oppositional finding what they have in common is is uh, much more powerful to them than what they're supposed to uh hate about each other or, or whatever i i I want that aspect of it. I find that to be the most interesting aspect of it. I don't think uh, transitioning this into a battle shonen like within 10 chapters is uh, my favorite choice. Not my not 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 my favorite thing, uh, but I do like it. I think it's it's fun. It's it's going somewhere. I'm interested to see where that place is. All right. Cool. Yeah. Let's see. Moving down the list here. Uh, why don't you tell me about, wait, tell me about no slash name. <laughs> no name. Okay. This is, this is interesting. This, I, I think I've only read one chapter of this so far. It has it not been running for a long time. Mm-hmm. I'm not even sure if chapter two is out yet. This is actually something that appeared in the manga, uh, uh, like jump plus creators. Are you familiar with this? Uh, it, it, a little bit. Is it basically just kind of like a like a pitch program for for fledgling manga artists? Yeah, sort of. It's like um, the self publishing arm of uh, Jump, I guess, or maybe Manga Plus, or like Shueisha. kind of like yeah, kind of like their their answer to Webtoon. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of shovelware that gets in there. If you just browse around, you'll you'll see what I mean Im- immediately. But this one was recommended to me because it is by um, one of the key figures uh, behind the cyberpunk anime, Edge Runners. Oh, really? Which is like, uh, okay, yes, I, I guess I'm in. Uh, you got me. Wow. Yeah, no, my, uh, you've piqued my attention now. Yes, I've piqued your attention now. And this is about a world where names have power quite literally like what you name your child is uh it manifest that name manifests a specific power in the child okay and uh so there is like very strict regulation in this world about like what you're allowed to name people 
uh, you do not get to just like choose a name for your kid when they're born, uh, which is kind of funny. It's a funny idea. Yeah, I like that, though. You know, you don't see that kind of old school style of magic played around a lot in anime where where the true name kind of concept of something yeah, where names in specifically like the, the true name of a being like gives you power over them. I think that's cool. Yeah. I like seeing that. That's a fun. That's a fun uh, it, one. It reminds me of the uh, of the Hallmark Merlin miniseries with Sam Neill. <laughs> the the best Merlin. Yes. The, absolutely the best Merlin. Absolutely. Yeah. Also, like some of the more um, let's let's call them Catholic tinged uh, manga will will invoke that same thing, especially when it comes to demons. Right. The whole demonic knowing their real name gives you power over them, that kind of thing. Man, anime just assumes that the Catholic Church is full of wizards, basically. It, it I mean, they really do. But then so does like all horror movies. Right. I'm shouting out the Pope's Exorcist yet again. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> Watch that movie just for the boss battle. I swear to God. Being an exorcist actually does give you superpowers. It's amazing. It's truly amazing. I, I cannot I cannot support that incredibly stupid movie enough. Anyway, uh, our two main characters are essentially a guy who can summon wolves and uh, a girl who can turn into a big bear. Dope. And uh, those are their name powers. And they, I, I, it's a little unclear, but I think they work for a, 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 an agency, a governmental agency that regulates names. So they track down people who have unregistered names uh, or have been given like illegal powers based on their names. Um, and so there's sort of like a buddy cop thing going on here, um, but also sort of... Uh, uh, an exploration of like the morality behind legally defining uh, what is and what isn't acceptable to like give your child, right? Yeah. Well, okay. So I, I've got questions about how the system works. Like, hey, me it, too. <laughs> is it is it consistent across names that like this specific name has this specific power? The implication seems to be that you can get a pretty rough uh, idea of what a power will manifest as based on the name you use. Yeah. What about people who change their name, like legally? You're not allowed to do that. <laughs> what? Okay, what about people who change their name illegally? Uh, they get arrested or, and or killed, it seems like. Damn. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's fucked up, right? Yeah. I don't know how, like, before you even ask, I don't know how, like, the marriage thing works. Um, uh, I don't know about, like... Does it only, uh, does into... it only go off your first name? Because, like, people people's last name change. Or does it only go off your last name? I have no idea. Like I said, I've only read the, f the first chapter. I'm waiting for more because I really liked it. And I really like the art. I should say that, too. Like, it's got a great look to it. Uh, it doesn't have that that generic anime look to it it's got a little bit of its own personal flavor which is what i'm always looking for in a manga and i like the i like what they bring to it but it's also like extremely crisp compared to like you know i don't want to shit on independent comic creators that's uh like the easiest dog to kick in the world uh, but but you know, not you don't usually find stuff that's this crisp in the old independent bin. Sure. Yeah. So I think I think it's really cool. Yeah. I think it's great. All right. Well, another one down. Uh, let's see. Um, 
Not that one. Uh, oh, I didn't know that they made a manga about Grimace from the McDonald's lore universe. Yeah, you know, the fun thing about fast food in Japan is that they really expand on the lore, you know? We don't really get too deep into the lore of our mascots in America. I don't know what that is culturally about us. Well, I mean, uh, Ronald McDonald is the king of Burger Town, and he uh, holds authority over Mayor McCheese. Sure, but we never get, like, an exploration of what his his powers actually are, you know? Well, he can shoot beams that, that produce burgers. Uh, I assume he has some kind of Midas burger touch. Damn, you think so? Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, I think that uh, he can summary execute any political dissenters <laughs> by turning them into cheeseburgers at any at any moment. So he is sort of a tyrant then. I thought it, because they have a mayor, I thought there was more of a democratic process. No, no, he's mayor in name only. Uh... Ronald rules over Burger Town with an iron fist like a god king. Mayor, Mayor McCheese is more of like a, a, a chancellor then? Uh, he's more of like a, a political figurehead, yeah. A prime minister? Um, he's a he's a, a Medvedev to, uh, to Ronald's Putin. <laughs> uh, yeah, um... Grimace is uh, a new horror comic. This is another one where I've only read the first chapter of. It's pretty insidious. Uh, it's about a family that moves into a new apartment complex. and Always scary. Yes. And this this comic is obviously, like, very morally, like, clear uh, that landlords are evil. Because Dope. they soon realize that the landlord is extraordinarily evil. Like like cartoonishly evil or, or what are we talking about? Cartoonish No, he cartoonishly evil. <laughs> like he's kicking puppies? Uh he's doing worse shit than that, buddy. <laughs> oh my god. The shit that this dude does. He walks around and he forces all the tenants to smile all the time in his presence. And this is really this is a power play. Uh because he's incredibly disgusting. Making the smiling fairly difficult to maintain uh -huh. as the name implies but if you don't smile well buddy uh you'd be lucky if you died what does he do he does some fucking gnarly shit so what i mean what is he a murderer like what's going on here oh, he's he's worse than a murderer he's he's a lot worse than a murderer jesus <laughs> it's implied that he possibly has some kind of cornfield-esque powers oh okay uh yeah people do not leave the apartment building i see so this is what we're really talking about this is a modified death game uh where the death game is just being a renter uh <laughs> it's more like it's more like a commentary it's a smart political commentary on the power the landlord class wields uh, against uh, the working class. You know, the rentier class has a power of life and death, of uh, true coercion. The coercive ability of the rentier class is sort of like uh, a magic telepathic ability to uh, control you, control your emotions, control your behaviors. Because if you do not behave, they can... End your life. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So this is a this is a very clear 
uh, metaphor. It's very smart political commentary on on modern Japanese living, and also it's super gross. Well, you see, the thing is, is that I'm American, and nothing about that seems out of the out of, out of the normal for me. <laughs> well, I mean, that all just sounds like like what it's like to I, rent. It, yeah. I mean, uh, you don't rent anymore, so uh, maybe you're growing numb to the horror of it uh, after all this time. But uh, yeah, hey, sh- so- I don't, I don't want the plebes to know that. <laughs> God forbid they know you do not rent a house and, in fact, own one. <laughs> God, they're gonna tear us apart on the message boards for that. God, I hope so. It'll mean, it'll mean someone's engaging with this show. Yeah, thank God. Uh, finally, they're roasting us because one of us is a landowner. <laughs> yeah, that. So that one's pretty gross. Um, new horror shit. Uh, psychological damage. It actually. Uh, reminds me a lot of uh, a, a comic called uh, Domu. Don't know what that means. Don't ask. Uh, I bet it means something really simple, and I'll feel stupid when somebody tells me, just like last time. <laughs> By, of course, the uh, the creator of Akira. Uh, about a apartment building being controlled by like a creepy uh, telepathic uh, shut-in who lives on the top floor. Also recommend that. Much that, shorter and uh, complete and cool. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Domu. Yeah, check that out. All right, one more yeah. before we take a break. Tell me about uh, Tenguburai no Sankyodai. <laughs> Tenguburai no Sankyodai. <laughs> I hope I got any of that right. I, I think we got it okay. Ten, Tenguburai no Sankyodai. Should I say it three more times? Yeah, for clarity. As... As the name suggests, this is a sort of a battle shonen about fighting Tengu. So the guys with the big noses and the red faces? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, in this battle shonen, uh, they kind of manifest as Bigfoots. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, and like the power level of the Bigfoot seems to grow as as they shrink. So like a human-sized Bigfoot looks pretty much the same as a regular human, but are like thousands of times more powerful than like a bigfoot sized bigfoot okay and that's kind of the gimmick is tengus eat human flesh in order to gain their knowledge and become smarter so that they can like digivolve into their final forms which are super powered human beings cool uh these transformations are supposed to be prevented by a series of shrine warriors who who oh wait the tengu are the bad guys <laughs> they are for now i mean i haven't read a lot of it anyway our main character is one of these shrine warriors and so his job is to go out every day and uh kill as many as he can find and try to scare people away from going up into the mountains right like hey don't go up in the mountains uh there's bigfoots up there they're gonna eat you and become smart that doesn't seem like a cool thing to do like for a job it seems like it sucks also it seems like um to create a shrine warrior powerful enough to defeat Tengu, you basically have to torture them for their entire childhood. Uh, so that's not great. They have to, like, drink sewage and uh, get beaten every day. <laughs> it seems like a pretty bad deal. Yeah. What are the benefits here? Uh, I guess you get stronger. <laughs> I, do, I really don't. I'm not sure about the specifics. Wow. So this shrine warrior in particular has two younger brothers, and their parents have been dead for a while. So he's kind of assumed the 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 fatherly role. He's taking care of them. They all love each other very much, um, but the younger brothers never had to experience all this horrible child abuse. So 
they don't really know too much about his life. You know, they kind of live a normal life until one day uh, when he loses his temper a little bit. Uh, his younger brother kind of wants to uh, see what his whole life is about. Ends up in the forest, gets attacked by a Tengu. Mm-hmm, Our main mm-hmm. man runs in, has to protect his little brother, right? In the process, he gets half snacked. Sure. Yeah. Because he's an idiot and deserved to. Yeah, he's pretty dumb. But check this shit out. He snacks back. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. He eats Tengu meat straight off the bone becomes half tengu okay all right so he that, wait isn't that tokyo ghoul uh well sort of yeah yeah well in tokyo ghoul he he like gets full-on like heart surgery hey isn't that guy pierce and ravenous does he like eat monster meat i i thought they were just cannibals no the whole the whole idea is that uh, eating eating cannibal meat uh, gives you superpowers and if you eat another cannibal you get to absorb the powers of all the people he's eaten <laughs> wow I, I totally forgot that there was a powers aspect to that movie it's been a while <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah so he, he gets Tengu powers essentially okay, um, and becomes a super powerful Tengu slayer but guess what these other shrine warriors they don't really like that yeah, that seems like kind of going in the face of their whole uh, torturing kids to get powerful uh, dynamic. Yeah, yeah. I, you know what? There probably is a little bit of jealousy involved. But they're like, well, this dude's probably going to just become a Tengu. I mean, he ate the Tengu meat. Uh, Tengus who eat humans become humans. Uh, humans who eat Tengu, uh, they probably become Tengu, right? It, I mean, logically. I mean, the math works out. Like, Yeah. <laughs> okay. So yeah, so it, it pretty much it goes from there as you would expect. It's a it's a battle shonen. Sure, sure. Now you still didn't answer my question. Do the Tengu have big noses? Yeah, but not the human forms do not at all. They just look like guys. That's unfortunate. I think the human forms should have like the big the big long nose and the weird mustache. Yeah, or at least when they lose their temper and go on a rampage, it's, the nose should grow like Pinocchio, right? Oh, yeah, that's great. Yeah, I like that. I mean... You I, know, I, kind of like in vampire movies when when they lose their cool and, you know, they, they do the cut where they turn back and they have monster makeup on. Yeah, they look all gross. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, think it should yeah, be like yeah. that, but with, with the weird stupid noses. The, the Bilbo. The Bilbo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That would be so cool. Um, yeah, there's nothing particularly like uh, super interesting like that going on. You know, it's fine. It's fine for a battle shonen. It's not even like the worst battle shonen I've read recently. It's it's mids. It's pure mids. All right. Well, at least we know where we stand. Yeah. You want to take a break? Yeah. Let's let's uh, let's give it a rest. All right. <laughs>
Okay, uh, welcome back, Anime Death Spiral. Here we are. Here, uh, here <laughs> we are, talking about uh, all the crimes associated with food manga. More numerous and more horrifying than than I would have assumed. Yeah, yeah. Now this is a little weird, Nate. You you wanted to talk about food, uh, knowing full well I'm on a hunger strike until they make Venom the good guy in the new Spider-Man game. Uh, so you are. A little teasing me a little bit. Oh, I didn't know that uh, you felt so strongly about that opinion. <laughs> I feel so strongly about Venom. I can't tell you enough, like, how... Do they not have a Venom mode in the new Spider-Man? Spider-Man is briefly symbiotic in the new Spider-Man, um, but Venom is a bad guy the whole time. That Okay. I was really hoping... I want good guy! Did you ever play the old Ultimate Spider, the Ultimate Spider-Man PS2 game? No, I don't think so. See, I loved that one because it gives you exactly what you want. It has a dual campaign where you alternate between Spider-Man and Venom, and once you beat the the main story, you can just switch between them freely, and then it's like an open world kind of mini GTA uh, style Manhattan free world kind of thing sure sure uh but it was really fun to play is venom a good guy i mean he has his heroic moments at okay, the now end you're, <laughs> okay you're you're equivocating a little bit <laughs> okay oh you want you want venom to morally be in the right when you say the good guy i thought you just you wanted to be able to play as venom i mean i don't need i don't need like intense moralistic venom but uh you know when when carnage shows up it's like venom has to kill carnage to stop carnage from happening right that he's a good guy in those circumstances he, why couldn't we have that i guess i mean that exact that that does happen in the ultimate spider-man video game that i'm talking about but also you have to consider that a major gameplay mechanic of venom is that his health constantly drains and to replenish it you have to eat brains yeah, that's cool as hell. So you have to like go around and and eat random like citizens, uh, and then eventually <laughs> the cops show up and you have to run away or kill them all and eat them. Do you remember that Xbox game that basically ripped off that entire concept? Oh, uh, Prototype. Yeah, Prototype. Yeah, I do remember Prototype. Yeah, that was pretty cool. He's kind of the good guy in that. Uh, you fight the the sketchy ass government agency. Yeah. Yeah, prototype is kind of like a like a Venom game. Yeah, it's it's close enough, I guess. I mean, uh, I just want Venom. I want more Venom. Venom's dope as hell. <laughs> and, and you're not eating until then. Not until they fix this fucking Spider-Man game. <laughs> I will go hungry. All right. Well, let me tell you about some of this weird and trashy food anime that I looked up. Fine. Fine, if you insist. What What's the deal with food anime? Well, I, I just you know, uh, cooking what's is a uh, deal. <laughs> no, finish it. Finish the Seinfeld bit. What's the deal with the food anime? I mean, it's drawings, but it's food. How are you going to eat it? Now, you're saying they're just drawing food, Jerry? It just tastes like paper <laughs> when I put it in my mouth. It's bullshit. <laughs> no, I uh, cooking is a hobby that's near and dear to my heart, and I like to look up manga that uh, that interests me, have topics that interest me. So I got on a bit of a Japanese recipe kick recently. Sure, sure. And to go with it, I I kind of trying to look into some food-based uh, anime and manga. You know, obviously Food Wars we've talked about before. Horrible. But there's a couple on yeah, there's a couple on here that that stood out to my attention and one of them is an absolutely bizarre 
not not so much weird in in the content but bizarre that this premise exists and that someone made like it's a complete story it's 18 chapters so about two uh tonkaban volumes okay but it's just so weird that this got made because it's both like benign and and sinister and it's a manga (laughs) called solitary gourmet uh, where the premise is it just kind of follows around this middle-aged Japanese businessman. Uh, he's a foreign goods importer by trade uh-huh. in the late 80s. So right oh, at the no. end, yeah, right at the end of, of Japan's big economic boom. Yeah. Uh, and his shadow approaches. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just these like little... 10 11 page chapters of snippets of his life where he's out and about doing business you know on his way from or to meetings or or traveling to go meet somebody uh to to talk about uh, importing goods or whatever whatever the fuck he does and right his, his major character trait is that he just gets so into working that he forgets to eat and so he's always these these chapters are always in moments of him desperately looking to to find something to eat after forgetting to eat for 12 16 hours whatever wow uh, this is uncomfortably relatable <laughs> yeah oh. uh, uh, hitting a little close to home there yeah i don't i don't like that <laughs> <laughs> and it's centered as kind of like an internal monologue on on him uh, and his internal, uh, I'm just going to say, judgmental shaming of, of all the people that he sees in the restaurants, including himself. Uh, he's a horrible, self-loathing man. Okay, wait, hold on a second. He just sits down to eat and just, like, shits on everybody in the restaurant? That's the yeah, whole... Yeah, so... That's the, the loop? Yeah, the chapters are basically a dual... Uh, He'll sit down at the restaurant after, you know, having uh, to find one for whatever reason. Um, you know, a common one is, oh, I'm in this town for business and I forgot to eat lunch. And so now I'm in unfamiliar territory uh, looking to, to get a, a bite to eat. That's that's a pretty common setup in most of these chapters. Okay, okay. And so he'll sit down at some kind of like small, like mom and pop style cafe or... Or maybe something that a uh, a business associate recommended to him in the area. Sure. And, and he'll go and sit down, and then he'll order something, and then we'll kind of get a breakdown uh, of what he ordered, which is cool. I like seeing kind of like a more intimate look at kind of traditional Japanese recipes, not so much the ones that we're familiar with, but... Uh-huh. You know, uh, they do a, a very detailed entry at drawings of all the stuff that he eats and orders. Okay, okay, so... Especially how much they cost. And and it was actually, <laughs> after a while, it really reminds me of the way Patrick Bateman, like, talks about clothes <laughs> and, and accessories <laughs> in American Psycho. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, does uh, he exchange business cards and uh, comment on them perhaps? Uh, occasionally. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but generally the, the chapters are him. He'll he'll order something. We'll get the breakdown of what he ordered. And then it'll just be kind of an internal monologue of him either reflecting on himself and his his life or like 
kind of reflecting on his own internal expectations of what these strange people that are in the restaurant with him are like and why the restaurant must have the clientele that it does. So I kind of assumed that he would be reviewing the food. No, no. But he's, is, he isn't doing that? No, that's actually, that's something that caught my interest early on is that he's not really reviewing the food. He is reviewing, this is an author, this is a real man, the author of the manga, <laughs> reviewing his own personal experiences at restaurants in life, but then filtering it through this, this made-up manga character. These are all thoughts that the, the author obviously had themselves, and then I'm just going to have this boring-ass businessman anime character say it for me. So this is very much a self-insert. I can only assume. Wow. So do you think the restaurants are real places? I have, I would like to think so. They they The details that he goes into about the characters and the way they look and the way they're drawn, they seem like they must be referencing real places, which I like. I think that's cool, but... I, I don't know if I would like that if I, if I was one of the subjects of these uh, uh, takedowns. If I saw a guy, uh, a grumpy dude sitting alone, like... Uh, furiously sketching away at two tables down or whatever, I think I would get a little pissed off. <laughs> I mean, I mean <laughs> understandable. Hey, man, what the fuck? Well, okay, so, like, the first the first chapter, all right, is, is him going... I can't remember. He's not in Tokyo. He's out in some other city in Japan, not Osaka. Yeah. But, you know, unfamiliar territory. He goes... He's kind of wandering around a shopping street uh, looking for something to eat. And... The first thing that his internal monologue says that we, the re as the readers see, that wasn't just like context is why he, uh, as to why he's there. Yeah, is him saying like, "Man, uh, it really sucks that I got to the end of this shopping street and didn't make up my mind about what to eat. I can't go back because everyone will think I'm a shady person." What? Yeah. Why? He's like, I didn't make up my mind by the time I ended. I I got to the end of the street. So if I double back, they're going to think I'm like a thief or something. That's kind of the mentality this guy has. Why? I don't, I do not understand that at all. Because lurking is suspicious. Presumably. That is, but lurking? Because you walked back up a street? I, man, I don't, these guys are, these guys are messed up, man. So, you know, eventually he kind of finds this hole in the wall, kind of mom and pop place that he sits down at and immediately like the first thing he thinks he's like wow everybody's wearing their hat inside here they sure do it different in this part of the country <laughs> in a very snide tone like he's obviously looking down on these dudes people from this place do like this yeah well what has happened is he's he's making a class play right yeah you know he he instantly notices that a lot of people are getting food to go uh, wearing work clothes, obviously blue collar kind of clientele at this place. Right, right. Uh, and you know, he sits down, he gets his stir fried pork, uh, kind of eats it, and just thinks to himself, like, "Wow, they must think that I'm a freak for wearing a suit here." It, basically, implying that they're a bunch of yokels that have never seen a business dude before. <laughs> this dude sounds like he sucks. I hate this. Guy. <laughs> oh yeah, no, he. Okay, <laughs> I'm getting to it. I'm getting to my favorite part. Okay, okay. So one chapter. I mean, this is after like six or seven 
chapters of more or less the same beat by beat story. Sure. Of him going to a restaurant and kind of making weird little commentaries on what he thinks he knows about about the people there just by observing, right? Right. He's that yeah, kind yeah, of guy. Yeah. The people watcher. Right. So he's he's driving and he's on a phone call with some uh, business uh, associate talking about like what uh, imports they're going to try and look for next. And his guy on the other end of the phone suggests like, well, well uh, vintage clothing is getting really big right now. Why don't we import like some vintage leather jackets from Paris? And that like sends him into a what I assumed what I assumed was like kind of a daydream <laughs> fantasy. Well, you know, he, he's like, huh, uh, vintage leather jackets from Paris. And then it kind of like goes into a fantasy kind of daydream state where he, he's thinking about himself as a much younger man having an argument with a beautiful woman who reveals herself to be his girlfriend and a aspiring Japanese model slash actress. And they're living in Paris together. And he's wearing a vintage leather jacket. And they're about to break up because he wants to move back to Japan and she wants to continue on with her modeling career. Uh, and she he goes to put it around her shoulders, but she pulls away. Uh, and then... And then it reveals that that is like part of his life. That's not a daydream. That was something that happened to him. So now we have revealed this guy to be a classic cool dude on top of being okay, a- Okay, hold, hold on. Yeah. Hold, hold on a second. Now, I, I believe it, it was last episode or the, or the one before it where I talked about how Seinfeld invented the, the butler, <laughs> the crime butler. <laughs> this guy is just Jay Peterman. <laughs> That's a Jay Peterman story. <laughs> totally. <laughs> what the fuck? So that's. I mean, he's just so been this weird. boring ass middle aged dude who eats at restaurants and like looks down on people, and then out of nowhere we get this flashback revealing that he had like a torrid relationship with a now famous model that he regrets uh, ending, and all of that comes yeah, flooding bet. back to him because he wants to import. Uh, leather jackets from Paris. I'm not saying people can't have lived many lives. You know, I understand that. I would never begrudge somebody uh, their past. It's just bizarre that one, this is like a self-insert character who is now like really big upsing himself in that way. That's pretty weird. And two, the weird Jay Peterman thing is just throw me for a loop. <laughs> Do you know anything about the author? Is Is that true as well no no i haven't looked up anything about the author okay maybe it's better not to know uh who is the author <laughs> i should probably i should probably shout out this name just to be fair yeah to avoid him if you see him in public <laughs> <laughs> yeah solitary gourmet oh this was turned into a j drama series that's cool naturally mm-hmm uh masayuki kusumi all right kusumi what's up Yep. Oh, uh, actually, two authors. Two authors listed. Uh, Masayuki Kasumi and Jiro Taniguchi co-wrote and drew the art for this manga that eventually got uh, adapted into a live-action series. Okay, okay. Yeah. All right. So it's two judgmental old men. Yeah, uh, basically. Wow. Their powers combined. They become the solitary gourmet. <laughs> <laughs> and, okay, I got one more uh, chapter that stood out to me that I thought was just wild. Okay. He's in Osaka, right? 
Yeah. Uh, and first of all, for context, Osaka is kind of known for being more of like a laid back. This is in, in terms of Japanese social uh, context, right? Okay. Uh, Osaka people are, are a little bit more uh, friendly, let's say. Sure. Uh, that seems to, which again, uh, this is kind of an aside, but that one of my favorite things in manga translation is that the like Kansai Osaka accent in Japanese often gets translated into like a Southern American accent. Like when, yes. they, when they do the VA, I think that's really funny. Now, this is something we did mention before, but this is one of the big splits between us because I always think that that should be translated as like a Minnesota accent. No, no, I think that's wrong. <laughs> I think the like a northern Midwestern accent, the Hokkaido accent, that's got to be the Minnesota one. <laughs> uh, no, I think of that as like a Quebecois accent, like it's got a tinge of a foreign <laughs> language in it, you know? Uh, <laughs> it's kind of like a French hick. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they have a little bit of a Russian accent to their Japanese. Just a little bit of a touch of it, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I do like I do like when the Okinawa accent gets translated as like L.A. surfer guy. That's pretty funny. Yeah, I, I think the the implication being right is that the Osaka dialect is sort of like oh, it's the the Southern comfort. It's yeah. like, uh, hey, you're no, you're down in Louisiana. You're getting a, like a little bit of like a, a draw going, and it's like uh, we're we're a farming people. You know, we've got a, our own culture down here. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. he he goes into this uh, little izakaya uh, food stall there, and instantly is like taken aback at people making like dick jokes, basically. He's oh, like, no. wow, people really do things different down in Osaka. <laughs> and and they make a point of it, too. Like, the he throws off the vibe of the entire room. Like, people are having a good time, and then he sits down and is just acting visibly uncomfortable around all these strangers that were, like, just having a good time. They're just palling they're just around. Chilling. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and they're, in like... In the barbershop. <laughs> Yeah. Just having a uh, around, yeah. having a good time. Uh, and he's like, wow, uh, I sure make everybody here uncomfortable. I guess it's because these hicks have never seen a business guy before. Meanwhile, he's like shaking and glaring at everyone. Uh, and so uh, where this is going is that the he starts to notice. I forgot to mention that he's going there to get breakfast because it's early in the morning. He's on his way to a business meeting. And what has happened is he has encountered the the people from the night crew that are just getting off of their their shift that sleep sure. during the day. Yeah. Uh, and and they're all ordering like drinks and beer and cocktails at like you know nine in the morning, and he's just like yeah. totally taken aback, shocked by this. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh huh. By the way, he uh, does not drink for an unspecified. It seems like a medical reason. He never says why. He just always says, I can't drink. No expo- no can't. exposition on that. He literally cannot. Yeah, just whenever it's offered, he says, sorry, I can't drink. Uh, but he smokes all the time. Wow, this dude sounds so cool. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I just, I thought it was such a weird vibe. I, ha- I had to, I had to talk about it a little bit. Okay, okay. Um, but unlike but unlike the others, uh the food doesn't make him horny. No, no. You see, uh he's he's anti horny. He's anti horny. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, he uh, he's specifically anti-horny. Uh, he wants a, a cool Japanese trad wife. Uh, that's not a world famous model slash actor. <laughs> oh God, no! He's a trad guy. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, I forgot to mention. There's like a super huge like conservative through line running through this whole thing. Because again, this is taking place in the late '80s uh, during the big kind of Japanese economic boom, and it was written during the downturn in the '90s. So this is a dude kind of reminiscing on all of these experiences he had when he was making money. Okay. Uh, and this was published when? In the 90s? Um, let's let's see. Yeah, in the 90s, it uh, looks like the original run of the TV show, which is wow. Okay. I was not prepared for this. Oh shit. New developments. So there are 18 chapters of this manga. There are 108 episodes of the TV show adaptation, 10 TV specials, uh, and 12 original uh, special episodes. <laughs> Solitary Gourmet has been running from 1994 to 2015. That's intense. This shit, like, just, it blew up. People love this guy for some reason. Uh, yeah. I was not expecting this. A lovable curmudgeon. Yep. Wow. Sounds like uh, someone... Uh, in a certain television show we might know. <laughs> uh, someone who, making the connecting tissue here, uh, we love a ligament, don't we, folks? Uh, uh, a, a certain lovable curmudgeon who uh, eats uh, sandwiches in bed with his girlfriend. Sorry, I have no idea who you're talking about. What? Inextricably tying uh, food and sex together into one uh, complete package. He's short, he's bald, he's lovable. Obviously, I'm talking about George Costanza. All everything in anime goes back to Seinfeld. Oh shit! You know what? You're totally right. Yeah, this is exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's all Seinfeld, baby. You scraped off the top layer of any anime. There's Seinfeld right there, looking back at you. <laughs> Wait, but what about all the anime that came out before Seinfeld? I mean, it was just tapped into the same uh, cultural zeitgeist, wasn't it? Uh, everything before was just leading up to Seinfeld, and everything after was just coming from Seinfeld. Well, let me let me tell you. Uh, I do not know this manga. I don't know what this guy looks like. Um, but he is Larry David. Uh, yeah. No. No, he is. He's totally Larry yeah. David. He's a Larry David with the, uh, <laughs> with the Palestinian <laughs> chicken. Yes, yeah. and... And uh, he's also George's dad, who <laughs> runs this ridiculous uh, import company. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't. I want to be a, this dude. Sucks. He's he's a big capitalist money guy. I don't like that. I don't like his views on the working man and how it's it's every every episode that focuses on that dynamic of him like reviewing his experience is always like wow these guys were much nicer and not as dumb and hicky as i thought yeah yeah great cool dude thanks yeah awesome uh, big uh, city guy energy i don't like it yeah you know i guess it i had thought there is another manga and now i have never i never read it so i can't even remember what it's called because uh i'm i'm not a huge food guy but uh I had confused this initially with the one where the the businessman kind of wanders throughout Japan trying all the, uh, like, bakeries and sweet shops. And that one is all about how much he loves the food. 
Seems like the the like negaverse version of this. Now it's interesting that you say that because they do make a point in this that like he really likes sweets. Like he likes them a lot, especially traditional Japanese sweets. Okay, maybe maybe this is the same thing. I it's weird that when I read about it they didn't mention the curmudgeon part. Yeah. Yeah, I mean again I don't think that the story is trying to make him come off as a curmudgeon. Uh, that's just what I'm seeing with my with my eyes on the page. Uh, uh, I think I think that the author thinks that he's co- this character is coming off incredibly uh, endearing and empathetic. Wow, this is this is just your clear-eyed uh, evaluation of this guy. Uh, yeah, this is this is a guy stumbling into areas where he doesn't belong, and people don't appreciate his presence, and being both confused and ashamed at that fact. Wow. Okay. Well, this sucks in a completely original way that I I would not have ever seen coming. Now, again, I can't vouch for all 108 episodes of the TV show. <laughs> his redemption arc uh, in in season 14 is really something yeah but it did it did get me on to trying to look out like look for some other food-based anime because i know they're out there oh there are plenty of alternatives yeah and one that i stumbled upon that it reminded me of something that we talked about recently which was i'm in love with the villainous and and this is an anime slash manga called uh, koizumi-san loves ramen noodles and you know what? It it stood out to me because I love ramen noodles too. I love them a lot. Damn, dude. Uh, a little bit uh, too much, some would say. I don't I don't know <laughs> what you're applying there. Uh, <laughs> I I don't want to know. <laughs> uh, but no, it's um, it's essentially the same thing, the same energy of we have like kind of this high school girl who is gay but like vaguely not gay wait, if you know what i mean wait, well, i have no idea what you mean yeah uh, you know i was flashing i was flashing immediately to chika from kaguya-sama that's my that's my touchstone for a, the, a ramen loving girl no totally different put that out of your mind now is actually just as a side note the guy who is like judging chika for her ramen abilities is that the guy from that manga i could totally see that being a a a parody of that dude it's it's in that same mindset that those two characters exist yeah he keeps throwing out these like weirdly like paternalistic and misogynistic comments about this girl just because she's eating ramen it's exactly that yeah Mm -hmm. fucking weird okay so this other girl imagine if that guy now was a cute high school anime character girl i'm also i'm again i'm imagining chica uh, no chica was the subject in that one so koizumi-san loves ramen noodles is about a high school girl who has basically a crush on this girl in her class right she she's not in love she's her number one fan whatever that means uh which is a term uh, that pops up quite a bit i've noticed okay number one fan i gotcha okay yeah and so the titular Koizumi-san is kind of like this deadpan, emotionless, like basically kind of dissociating from from reality any moment that she's not eating ramen. Wow. And when she does eat ramen, uh, we get just these really intimately, uh, sensually animated 
uh, scenes of her slurping noodles and like giving <laughs> like commentary on ramen facts and what the best combination of ramen is. Okay. Okay. You know, uh, you know, soup uh, combinations, broth types, uh, real, real kind of like uh, inside baseball stuff. Sure. Sure. All right. Uh, and then that's kind of paired against this other girl who just kind of has this weird obsessive uh, stalkerish. I mean, she's a stalker, basically. <laughs> and the, and they make jokes about that, about how she's like constantly following behind her and taking pictures when she's not looking. And yeah, it's funny. It's funny to do that. Yeah, it's like funny and endearing. Uh, when it when it's two girls, it, it's funny yeah, and comedy. It's cool and fun. Uh, and just like a lack of of understanding of you know consent and personal space. Yeah. Uh, and then that is you know contrasted with uh, again Koizumi, who is you know very emotionless, very uh, kind of like she won't acknowledge anybody uh, unless they're talking about ramen or currently eating ramen. And when she does eat ramen, she just uh, it comes off as a sexual experience. <laughs> Well, yeah, this is now this aspect is nothing new. I mean, we've already talked about food wars. Yeah. Uh <laughs> the uh uh food is sex uh thing. Again, uh this is George Costanza from Seinfeld. He already did this. Well, I he think connected it, it, the two. it goes a lot deeper than just food being being horny in anime. I think that's kind of like the end result of of a lot of these other kind of tropes that you see cuz like yeah. I think like okay the whole uh indirect kiss thing i think is totally tied to this right that's a very weird that is a very weird phenomenon that i find quite strange but it's like the concept of sharing food or sharing yeah or sharing stuff that your mouth both interacts with is like it totally equated to like a sensual and sexual like act yes whereas when we were growing up we just called that backwash yeah it was gross and you didn't want to do it it was gross or already been chewed gum yeah yeah abc imagine (laughs) a manga about a dude who like gets boners about uh abc gum he like chips it off of the desks after school when no one's looking yeah oh my god (laughs) that is that has to be a thing already (laughs) i was thinking honestly when we we make the connection i was thinking about the beginning of chainsaw man when oh yeah absolutely uh makima basically immediately enslaves denji just by buying him a hot dog yeah well okay like that's all it takes first of all it being a hot dog that is very intentional we know what you were doing there fujimoto that's very funny it's very funny it's very funny uh, especially when <laughs> when Makima buys him two wieners. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I think that's uh, interesting. That's an interesting connection. Well, okay, so like that's kind of the food was kind of the symbol though in Chainsaw Man for Denji's kind of uh, submission to authority with the public security people. Well, right? I, yeah, of course. I mean, he wanted he wanted to eat toast with jam on it. Like, that was his dream. Oh, yes, absolutely. And, of course, I mean, he does... And what does he want to do immediately after he gets to eat the toast with jam? He wants to touch a girl's boobs. Like, that's... Immediately, that's where his mind goes. Oh, absolutely. Those are his two goals in life. Yeah. And and he does end up 
eating Makima. I mean, spoilers, but also, like, I think that just really ties in uh, uh, thematically to what I'm saying already. That That is the culmination of their relationship. Now, yeah. Fujimoto, Fujimoto uh, treats those things with... Uh, uh, a, 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 a subtlety or a, a, a complication that is not usually introduced in most of these food manga and anime. You know, most of the time we are seeing uh, shit that's built on the Toriko model of, man, a guy wants to eat something and so he goes and gets it and eats it and it's cool and good. Uh, <laughs> we see that replicated uh, quite a lot. I mean, Toriko, obviously, that is, Toriko is immediately referenced, like, in Hunter Hunter. There's the entire gourmet arc, gourmet hunter arc, mm-hmm. uh, where they're trying to satisfy the, frankly, uh, <laughs> offensively fat gourmet hunter <laughs> uh, by cooking him increasingly dangerous uh, meals. And, and Dungeon Meshi is coming out in December, and Hell that yeah. is about hunting hunting increasingly dangerous foodstuffs and then spending long amounts of of time page-wise describing these loving meals these like increasingly in intricate and well-drawn uh foodstuffs coming together in yeah just in extraordinary detail oh man i can't wait for trigger to get their hands on that i mean i'm extraordinarily excited for dungeon meshi i think dungeon meshi is the best food uh, manga period but i mean that one again uh separating anime from actual art <laughs> uh, that one doesn't have food that makes you horny to my knowledge it has food that makes you um repel ghosts it has food that uh, just straight knocks you out it has food that makes you hallucinate obviously mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it it has food that makes you dream of your most uh deeply held desires that's kind of a horny right um we're getting closer pretty close yeah that's warmer i would say uh food has a lot of powers in dungeon meshy besides just filling you up yeah yeah well i mean yeah it it's uh dungeon meshy is is the cooler version of cooking in zelda right the same thing yes or or monster lots of buffs Uh, i guess is is a closer comparison. Yes. The the I think the thing that's interesting and separates Dungeon Meshi from a lot of these things and even, you know, there in uh, like Food Wars there's there's more than one uh like well, okay, well Food Wars is explicitly cooking. horny though. Like there is that's kind of like a thing. It's the food attacks are our yes. sexual attacks. Yes, but what I think is interesting in Dungeon Meshi, it, not only that it's like it's not really horny in the same way, but a lot of the food portrayal is also about, uh, right, catching or growing the food is an mm-hmm. integral part of making the meal, which I think is, like, awesome. That's, like, really cool and interesting. There is a part I keep thinking about where um, the dwarf, who is sort of the uh, the wizened elder of cooking in the dungeon, uh, is growing vegetables on the backs of dirt golems. That's, oh like, man, I love that. That's so cool. That's so fucking cool, dude. It's so cool. He's like, how the hell do you get like fresh carrots and cabbage uh, when you're like ten stories down in this horrible dungeon? And he's like, check this shit out. <laughs> I just grow them on the backs of these big guys, and it's like, oh, that is so cool. Now that's good world building right there. I like that. Yeah, it's it's great. He makes sorbet uh, by spinning cream through ghosts' bodies because ghosts are cold. 
Yeah. Oh. Fucking. Oh, I love Dungeon Meshi so much. I'm so excited. All right. Yeah. I am starving now. Uh, I need to go eat. So I just, I want to <laughs> circle back to one thing. What was that first one you mentioned to me? Tor- Toridora? <laughs> Toridora. <laughs> <laughs> oh god oh uh uh no it's uh torador is guilty of other things uh toriko is is uh, toriko uh, particular... oh i've never i've never heard of that i'm gonna i'm gonna look that up real quick oh no oh, oh no oh, oh no oh no i shouldn't have i shouldn't oh, have said no. anything <laughs> oh god oh i all i had to do was Type in T-O-R and Google filled in Toriko author crime. <laughs> Toriko author crimes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, no. And it's another friend of Oda's. Oh, God. What is uh, happening? Oh. <laughs> oh, no. Dude. Oh, God. Why does this keep happening? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's Oda, but it's that one Onion article that's like... Why do all of my friends keep committing sexual crimes? <laughs> uh, Oda, my man, come on with this shit. Well, uh, surely he must have had to at least pay a fine of $2,000. <laughs> well, you got to account for inflation for these yeah. things. I, it's probably 4000 <laughs> All uh, right. Okay, that's enough food. Yeah, yeah, that's enough for me now. You're killing me with this. You're killing me. Yeah, you don't eat because they're not going to put in 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 Venom. So stop, stop thinking about it. Just start. I need them to. I need them to rewrite Venom before I will eat a single burger, as my American taste uh, demand. See, you should be you should be fasting for like a worthy goal. Like, uh, I don't know. Not until they put a Tom Hardy skin in there <laughs> how do you know there isn't one? <laughs> oh man the skins uh like half of them are the ugliest shit you've ever seen i'm really disappointed by that oh uh, that sucks to hear uh, i really like the skins in that first game yeah i love the game but man they could have done a better job well anyway that's not anime no God. but we 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 talked about a lot of anime this episode and uh we're gonna talk about some more anime next week Maybe some, like, what do you think? Some Christopher Columbus-themed anime? <laughs> oh, yeah, let's do a Columbus. <laughs> When's Columbus Day? I don't know. Fuck if I know. I'm a bad American. Am I Am I stupid? Am I assuming that's, that's like, in November? Ah, uh, I think it already happened. Oh, it was this month. We missed it. It was October 9th. Yeah, no, we missed okay. it. Okay. No, next we got to talk about Thanksgiving anime. We're going to we're going to talk about uh Pilgrim anime for the yeah. rest of the month. Uh, some straight up colonial shit. How about that? I can't I can't wait for Vinland Saga to get to the uh, Pilgrim arc. They have reached America. We are sort of in a in a thing. We could talk about that except you're definitely not going to read a thousand chapters of Vinland Saga by the next episode. Oh no, hell no. No, you you would never do. No, that. I can't read. Yeah, despite like you should do that because Vinland Hey, Vinland Saga, you rule. You kick ass. Love you, Vinland Saga. Like, holy shit, what a great manga. Damn, dude. All right, all right. Uh, okay, let's get out of here. Uh, go check out, I don't know, check out the Blue Sky account. Check out the TikTok account. Follow us on there. Come we're on, we're uploading stuff. We're doing stuff now. There's activity on there, so so check us out, please. At yeah, Anime I'm Death not Spiral. Gonna, I'm not even going to say it again because it makes me feel so bad. Uh, <laughs> so do it this time so I don't even have to think about it again. I'll keep saying it. Okay. Yeah, you, Nate can do it. All right, uh, handsome and beautiful listeners, uh, we will talk to you in seven days. <laughs> we love you. Goodbye. Bye.
best. He's the best there ever was. One hit, right between the eyes. Drop him.